of your co-host Carrie and I'm Brooke hi Brooke hey how is your couple of weeks oh it's been a good one um yeah we took kind of a break I think we were both traveling I was in Oakland for at least a week of that yeah I was in Oakland having a good time um hanging out with a bunch of friends and hanging out with co-workers nice I took a driving trip around Alberta went uh, through Edmonton, which is a pretty big city, and uh, the Rocky Mountains, stayed in a little mountain cabin there for a while, and Wow. Drumheller, which is like dinosaur land, there's lots of badlands and stuff like that, so that yeah, was a good trip. That's awesome. I have a friend in Alberta right now, um, she just got back from living abroad, and is like currently staying with her folks in Alberta, and I think she's a uh, I think it's a big change for her going from like living in Asia to living in Alberta for a minute. Yes, that would be very different. As far as I know, she really wants to be in America soon because that's where her husband lives. And not to get into it, but for many reasons right now, it's taking a long time for folks to uh, immigrate. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you can imagine. I can imagine. Well, so we're both back. Are... We're both back yep. in front of our computers and like... <laughs> And podcasting again. Hooray. Yeah. So uh, today, um, you went and saw a good movie today, and it sparked your interest in talking about a particular topic. Tell me That's about that. That's true. So, yeah, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which, if you like superhero movies, it's good. If you just like kind of spacey action movies, it's also good. Or if you just like to laugh. Um, I Yeah, I went out uh, the other day with my friends and saw it. And, like, really enjoyed it. Nothing about it is serious. It has Kurt Russell. It has Chris Pratt. It has a bunch of other people who are silly. Um, but it's a romp. And, like, in a similar vein to another movie I loved recently, which was the Fast and the Furious, um, or I guess Fate of the Furious. Uh, Fate of the Furious, The, the right. eighth installment. Um, it's about Chosen Family. And I think we talked a little bit about Chosen Family on a holiday episode, I yes. think. And, uh, I think we did. but I figured it was like worth conversing, conversating. It was worth talking about <laughs> with you. <laughs> oh man. Well, lately I've been talking like, lately chosen I've been talking. Language. Yeah, exactly. Lately I've been talking as if English is my second language, but it is not. It is tragically my first language. I'm just not very good at it. Um, but yeah, we were, so I think it's, it's probably worth talking about like how we construct yes. families. If it's something that people can do, even if like they have a bio family um, and, and on and on. So, um, yeah, what's your, you, you have like a nuclear family of your own that you created with your own, with your own legal powers. Yeah. I don't think, um, you sort of, I, uh, okay, no, let me put this in first person. I don't usually think of what I did as creating a family, um, like constructing a family because it is so conventional, but, but we really did like, my husband and I got married and we bought a home and, you know, things function. We had got pets um, and then we had kids. I guess that's like, that's the most conventional, most traditional, obvious way to uh, construct a family out of what were just two separate individuals before. So, yeah, yeah. we did it the old fashioned yeah. way. Exactly. Like the pretty like, traditional, like, 
you get married out of college, you have some kids, <laughs> maybe like two and a half kids, and <laughs> two then and a half kids. you buy a yes. house. <laughs> exactly. And I myself yep. had like my own, um, I'm going to say abortive attempt at doing the same thing, like long ago in the time that, no, the land that time forgot, whatever that one is. <laughs> but back then, um, I got married yeah. and my partner and I, um, who were friends at this point, um, which I'll get into, but like we got married not too long out of college. Um, we had a ceremony at art studio. We did not have kids, but we did plan on having kids and we did obtain, um, a donor semen, I guess, <laughs> Uh, in order to do that, because my partner, anyway, a person who potentially could theoretically carry uh, a baby. So that was interesting. I mean, I think that there's a, there's a certain kind of like, and maybe I'll add, this is a question for you to some degree, but like, there's a certain kind of like choice involved in that too, right? Even if it's traditional, even if it's something that, um, you know, we're kind of told this is what you have to do or you're supposed to do, there's still a choice and like, who you end up with and like how you raise your kids and you kind of create this unit, right? Like that's yours. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, we consciously, I think we both always felt like uh, we were sort of on a path that was well trodden, that we knew what it looked like when people grew up and did these things. Um, so I don't think we felt like we were breaking new ground, but most of the steps along the way were conscious ones that we chose. Um, we planned our kids, um, which again, not everybody does. Um, like on a I calendar mean, or just like, we're going to have some kids this year. Uh, more like, um, like, you know, Oh, I've reached a certain stage in my career and we're getting to be a certain age and we feel sort of established like, is now a good time to have kids? Yep, now is a good time to have kids. I mean, as yeah, okay. good a time as there can be to have kids. And then I went off the pill, and then the baby started having, like, I'm disgustingly textbook. Like, everything. <laughs> and also lucky, because not everybody has that plan. experience. Really lucky. Like, yeah, that's awesome. It's so ridiculous. Like, my life is no yardstick by which anybody should judge their own life, because, yeah. I've had a lot of luck. It's all been very conventional. All the parents approved all the way. Like, it's I, like, I have to silly. ask though, like, even if it's been conventional and, and like relatively easy, like, mm. uh, maybe this is a bit loaded, but like, you still had to put some effort in, into choosing certain things, right? Yeah. Like you've still had to figure, figure out like who, who your family is around you. I remember like outside I of the, the guy the you're married to and the kids you have, like, Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but even within that, like, I definitely remember the conversation we had, especially around the second kid, like, uh -huh. are we really going to do this? Like, it was very much a, okay, we know what having a kid is like, do we want to do this again? With all of the uncertainty that's involved in that. So, so yeah, there's choices you make along the way. And there's people you surround yourself, yeah, outside of that. For both of us, um, our his parents live in and and like siblings live in one area of the country, and my parents and sibling live in a different area of the country. And so, part of choosing who our closest family was was about where we were also living. So that's a pretty big choice too. And we moved 
um, several years ago, we, we switched. So I think that's part of choosing sort of who your family is too, is who are the people you're close, closest to geographically and socialize the most with. And you have like friends as family too, in some ways. Definitely. Yeah. 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 And for you, has that been like, I mean, I think you're, you're like, uh, roughly 10 years ahead of me in, in life. Right. Yeah. Like, that's probably, has that shifted? Like, as you've gotten older, have you like the people that maybe when you were twenties and thirties where you're like, we're family. I love these folks. I hang out with them all the time. And now you're like, not anymore. Definitely. I mean, so it's a bit hard to sort of, uh, a B test because 10 (laughs) years ago we moved across the continent. Right. Right. So definitely your like circle of friends changes. Although it's interesting to see, who also stayed the same. And I think with things like Facebook and Skype, um, there are certain groups of people who stayed close, even though we weren't geographically close. Yeah. So the folks who remember that, like, I can still call you or text you, even though I don't see you every day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a real test though, too. Right. Cause like I have friends who I have this sinking suspicion that if I weren't to see them pretty often by like just walking around, then yeah, they might not ever reach out. And then I have friends where like, it's a, it's not quite in our calendar, but like every couple of weeks we just like get together and have dinner or like text each other and say, how are you doing? Or one right. friend recently, I'm sorry to talk to her on the phone, which is not something I typically do, but what? she's not on Facebook and I'm not either. And she's right. not on Twitter. And other than a newsletter, she doesn't have like an internet presence anymore. Um, so she'll like text me something incredulous and then pretty quickly after that she'll call me on the phone it's often when she's driving or something so she has like a bluetooth but it works and it like it it, it's really changed our friendship i think because before we had kind of this passive we see each other on twitter we hang out when i'm in town or when she's in my town but now we spend 20 30 minutes talking on the phone and it's like oh like this is this is moving much more towards like we're close territory. Right. And, and so for me, like after, after a divorce, um, in the middle of our like marriage as well, I guess like there was a transition, there was a lot of like, um, I think we're both, I don't know if my ex identifies as a dyke anymore. I'm a dyke. They are a queer person. And a lot of the people we had as friends that like we were, kind of building a unit of like family out of possibly mm-hmm. were more in the line of like straight heteros or sorry, heterosexual, like cis gender, like uh, folks who wanted to have a kid and a house and do the traditional thing. And as we kind of went through the process of like both of us coming out and dealing with transition stuff, um, I think those people didn't fit as well anymore. Like yeah. their narrative didn't mesh with ours. We had different goals and different interests. And all of a sudden these people that I had hung out with since I was 14, 15, 16, like weren't in my life as strongly. And some of them still are. And I'm really happy that about that, but like it's, it's shifted. And so these folks that I used to count on and consider like family that I used to like spend holiday time with sometimes all of a sudden they weren't around anymore. And, and some of them, I'm sure it was because they were crappy about, queer stuff and some of them it's just like hey no harm no foul this isn't a good fit right and like I think since moving to Portland 
and the divorce, right? Um, that shifted even more. And when I moved here, it was with this like specific intention of I'm, I'm going to have to build a family, a chosen family right. of friends, or I'm not going to be alive probably. Right. Cause there's this right. reality of like, not just because it's cold and dark here, although that's a factor. There's also this just thing of like, you need people in your life. I don't know of anyone who doesn't. And like yeah. friends aren't always enough. You need someone who can like show up when you're sick or um, like come with you to a scary appointment or just talk to you on the phone when you're like excited or want to brag about something. And when I was, yeah. when I was married, that was always my partner. So I could just yeah. call them and be like, Oh my God, you'll never believe this thing that happened. But when you're not in a partnership or when you're not dating somebody or when you don't have bio family, like I don't, right? Like a mom or a dad or whatever, that list becomes vanishingly small. And you start to wonder like, um, kind of like, who am I as a person? Maybe. Cause yeah. in my mind, at least like you're somewhat defined by like who knows you and who remembers you and who, who thinks of you fondly. Um, and so if that's nobody, it, it's unfortunate, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. I think um, a lot of us take for granted um, the sort of the bio family that we get by default, especially if relationships are good. But so many people don't have large chunks of that, at least for various reasons. And yeah, rely on their chosen friend family to provide those that really it's it's love it's home it's like yeah it's it's who you hang out with during the holidays that you do or don't celebrate um because I think the ones you don't back to the holiday things the ones you don't celebrate are almost just as important because like uh, if everyone yeah. else in the whole city is like celebrating a holiday that you don't really celebrate you can try to like just not celebrate it but you're going to notice because things are closed and so yeah. having like alternate stuff to do with some people is is kind of helpful especially yeah. if you have like trauma around that stuff but um I mean I think that some of the reasons that we don't have family are cooler than others let's say you like live in space or you're part of a team of uh car people who steal things right <laughs> like in the movies that I watch yeah those are great great reasons not to have family but like I don't know I, I think people just like I get a lot of crap from people because they're like, oh, you actually legitimately like the Fast and Furious series. And I'm like, yeah, it's a series that has predominantly POC actors that is yeah. mostly about chosen family. It's about the people who like stick with you when things get bad and and how like so many of us can't depend on the folks that are in our lives um, from the start because they maybe were never actually in our lives. Like mm -hmm. this concept of like bio family can birth you, but doesn't necessarily choose you. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Like as you grow in, it's really easy to like be the family for a child because a child isn't really a person in, in, in some really key ways around their like yeah. personality and their opinions and on and on. And once a person like develops into like a, a real live adult human, you might not get along with them. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah. I would also suggest that like holding on to relationships with people that we don't get along with isn't necessarily worth it. Like, totally. If you don't like a person, even if that person's your own kid, don't force yourself to hang out with them. 
Like, do something no, else. No, I totally agree. Yeah, and that can be hard. Um, oh, I can't even but imagine. If you're not, <laughs> if you're not cutting like toxins out of your life, even if it's, yeah, even if it's a blood relative, even if it's somebody you brought into the world, like, yeah, yeah like it's still poison. Yeah, it was bad news. I I think I was talking about this yesterday on like Twitter or something, but it was a quote from a book I'm reading. Well, I just finished. So I was reading this book yesterday in the yard because it's sunny here in Portland, finally. And this quote stood out to me that was about this topic, basically. Um, The way people talk about going home to see their parents for the holidays is the way I think about death. Yeah. Which is really intense. I that, and I love that. So, so, so tell me what that means to you. I mean, yeah, to me, it just sounds like, I mean, people are, like, preparing for it and, like, afraid of it and like there's a lot of like lead up to it and a lot of like talking and processing with their friends about it and then then they go and you don't hear about it you don't hear hear from them anymore right for a while (laughs) and so I think it's the same kind of deal that people I've known who've like dealt with serious illness or dealt with like things where they thought they might not make it like there's a lot of prep and a lot of like conversation there's a lot of fear and some acceptance but it's like man um, if I only have to think that way about death itself and I don't have to like do other things that remind me of like the inevitability of my demise, that's probably cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not to say like all families are, are like dying, but like so many, so many people that I know who by and large have chosen family when Christmas comes around or when like a birthday or hell when their mom just says like, I want to come visit you. They feel the necessity to acquiesce. And then afterwards they're just like, that sucked. I was so tired of seeing them. I wish they hadn't come. And I'm like, why do you keep this person in your life? And like, I think people have responded like, Oh, it's easy for you to say, but like shit, man, like I chose not to talk to my family um, a long time ago. Also they chose not to talk to me. And like, that was hard, but, I did it. I'm not superhuman, I don't think. Right. Yeah. I mean, it does, it does get complicated. Uh, just as a, a, like, for instance, when my in-laws come to visit, sure, it, it isn't, it isn't very fun for me. It is at this point in my life kind of necessary. Like they want to see their grandchildren. I'm not the kind of person to, to make that complicated um, and also they're not, my in-laws are good people. I just don't get along with them. And I sure. there's a huge difference between that and like actually people who are toxic in your life. So, oh, yeah. So, right. So every once in a while I do something that's more, more fun. Maybe, um, for me, the metaphor is less visiting with family is, is akin to dying as visiting family is like getting an uncomfortable medical procedure. Yeah. It's a lot of angst and getting uptight <laughs> up front and you do all kinds of prep and you're like, I don't want to do this. And then you like, and then you live through it because it's necessary and like beneficial, I guess for the whole, like, but you don't want to do it every week. You just mm-hmm. put up with it a couple times, you know, once a year, twice once every two years or something like that. So, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I think I think for me, like, learning how to, probably through therapy, 
like talk about myself as if I were talking about a friend helps Mm. me like excise bad things. So if I was like, for instance, talking about like, let's say my family was visiting me and I really didn't enjoy their company. Um, but I was like, well, I have to do this because my kids or whatever, like I might think to myself like, Oh man, that sounds like a really bummer situation. Like if a friend was asking me that same question, I'd be like, huh, maybe you can go somewhere else while your parents or your grandparent or like whatever, whoever's visiting and go do something with your friends, recognizing like, Hey, we don't get along. Like you guys are fine, I guess, but we don't necessarily like each other and we don't have to. The kids that you really want to see are the ones that I have, not me. So how about I just give you my kids for a little while and they can come back to me. They're happy. You're happy. I just got a manicure or like went to a spa (laughs) day and I didn't have to argue with you about whatever it is that we argue about. Um, There's probably like a good balance there. And I don't know. I think that like there's so much effort to try to like grin and bear it when it comes to bio family. And that only leads to trouble. Like I previous generations, it seems like that was the only way you could do things. But um, I'm here to say that it is okay to, say goodbye to the people that are related to you or by birth or by law. <laughs> I agree. And, and whether that's like completely or whether that's just like um, being attached emotionally in any way, like, or any sort of, there's a spectrum of disconnecting from your bio family or any other people in your life who are not great for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe it's like, a Christmas find card. Find the comfortable place for you on that and do it. Maybe you both send Christmas cards to each other and they have a little update and that feels great. Um, right. Maybe like you talk to each other every couple months on the phone and that feels fine. Maybe you see each other like once every two weeks instead of once every day and that feels great. Like I think just testing the waters with that and recognizing that like, you know, I get to define my own agency. I get to like make my own choices and somebody else being frustrated isn't a good reason for me not to do something. Right. If we're both adults, um, neither of us owes each other anything. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Like you don't owe anybody for like birthing you or raising you. Um, they chose to do that for their own reasons. Like they gave you money when you were a kid, but like, that's not anything special. Like they literally like brought you into the world. You had no choice in the matter if they hadn't supported you, would you have died? And that would be not okay. So. Right. Right. And if it's your kids you're struggling with, like once they're grown, honestly, it's probably good if they move on and have some healthy distance from you. If that's what they want. Totally. They'll be happier. You'll be happier. Right. And like, maybe that won't happen or maybe like only one kid or, you know, it's a, it's right. a, there's all sorts of things that can happen, but like some, yeah. some relationships aren't worth it and some are, and you like have to figure that out. But, um, if you have any relationships with your like family of origin that are shitty, like my advice is just like find a therapist first. If you can, if you can afford it, find someone you can talk to who gives you okay advice otherwise. And then just like say like, Hey, I kind of hate this relationship and I don't know if I should keep going maybe make a list of like pros and cons or something, you know, (laughs) but I think that's a, I don't know. I think it's a good way to do things possibly. That's true. Although that said, like that conversation kind of sucks sometimes. Like, 
um, having to tell somebody, hey, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. It's like you're breaking up with your relatives or you're breaking up with, right? Like breakups are not yeah. fun. Letters are great. <laughs> Sending someone a letter or an email, like it's a little bit like, like impersonal, but if your relationship is generally impersonal, like if I saw somebody only once a year at a holiday, I didn't want to see them ever again or go to their house for the holiday. I don't think I need to see them in person to tell them that because we only see each other once a year anyway. So I could just be like, Hey, you know, I haven't really had fun these past many years, but it seems like you like doing this. I think you'd have more fun if I wasn't there. I think I'd have more fun if I wasn't there. See you never. Yeah. (laughs) Probably less clip than that. I kind of believe in ghosting on relationships like that. But I think with your parents, it's different. Like if you were trying, you can't can't maybe ghost your parents. You could ghost like an uncle. If there's a like differential in expectations, then yes. Yeah. But I think if all you're getting is an invitation to an event once a year, like try declining that event and see what happens. And if nothing happens, you're done. Like that's or try it. That's try Facebook like. Facebook saying yes and then don't show up. And then and then you'll basically be a person who lives in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Oh, oh, Brooke, ouch. It's true, though. Oh, I know. I see your complaints about Portland people. People are flaky. It's so weird. And I don't know if it's just the West Coast or whatever, but um, yeah. And it makes it, uh, I don't know. I I think that's also, it, it just makes it doubly frustrating as far as like chosen family goes, is hearing people complain about how much they hate spending time with their family of origin. And then they're constantly flaking out on people who actually like them and want to spend time with them. See, it's I like, a dude, like this is a bad once. priorities. Yeah. I had a friend like that once who, yeah, did not get along with her family and in deep, intense friendships with people. Uh-huh. Um, and, but then eventually also disappear on them. Like I would, like we were best friends for like a year and a half, like like she was so close to me mm-hmm. and then, and then, uh, she stopped returning my calls and her roommate was clearly lying on her behalf when I'd oh, phone geez. and they'd be like, Oh no, she went, she just popped down to the store. Can she call you back? And then never like she and, died. <laughs> well, right. And then like two months later, she'd write me a letter and be like, are we fighting? And I'd be like, dude, you're the one not returning my call. Yeah. And, and eventually I realized it was her and she was going through these battles. And I think it had to do with like, I think she struggled with depression and anxiety. Sure. Yeah. And didn't know how to deal with that and therefore would just disappear from people who were close to her and so I think some of that is sometimes a factor it doesn't make it right even no and I know folks like that too honesty like just if you can't make it out like just tell the person you're not yeah I think that's it's just and that's probably easier for us to say than not but like I would say I've never heard from someone hey I can't go to this thing and thought God, I wish you just hadn't said anything and ghosted. Right. Like, no, it's the other way around. And if somebody has, if someone consistently says like, hey, I can't hang out with you, like that's 100% fine. Maybe I no longer expect them to hang out with me, but I'm glad they're doing it. I have a friend who, um, who I love, who's like, 
I think the only person in my life that I accept this kind of behavior from because I just love her and there's mitigating factors, but like I text her and she doesn't respond. I text her and she doesn't respond. This can go on for weeks and then I'll like stop by her work or we'll run into each other or finally she will respond. We'll hang out. It'll be amazing. And whenever I ask her about it, she's always just like, Oh God, I didn't respond to you. And then I got really anxious about not responding to you. And then I just couldn't respond to you because I was freaking out about it. And I was like, dude, every single like second, I am ready to forgive you for not responding because it's not a slight. I'm not, I don't care. Like, I just want to talk to you. Like I'm not sitting around going, God, well, it's been two weeks and I haven't heard from her. So I'm building up a list of, of like, you know, of times that she fucked me over. No, I'm thinking like, I miss my buddy. I wish she would respond to this text that said, I love you. I miss you. You know? Right. With a side of, I hope I didn't do anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Did I do something? Am I, I mean, like when we're in our heads about how anxious we are about like whatever perceives lights or whatever. Yeah. The other person's doing the same thing and going like, Oh God, do they hate me now? Like, are we not friends anymore? Like just, just talk to each other. Like yeah. text back and say like, Hey, I love you. I'm busy right now. I can probably hang out in a week. How about it? Like I check in with you in a week or why don't yeah. you text me next Wednesday? Or you know what? This whole season's going to be garbage, but I still want to be friends with you. Let's talk yeah. again in the summer right. or whatever, like figure it out. But like open the communicating. That unforgivable stuff is, nice. is the yes, I'll be there and not showing up repeatedly oh yeah no that's that's the automatic you're fired right like there can be like depression and anxiety and extenuating circumstances and then there's just rude yeah even a depressed person can say i can't make it tonight even though i said i would right please do that for your and i think like you know it it's also rude in my opinion if let's say you have a friend who loves you and cares about you, who you've had discussions with about your depression, right? Who's like in the know, who's aware that you sometimes have times where you can't do stuff, where you're feeling sad, yeah. right? If that's a given that you know that between each other, then just saying like, hey, buddy, super sad right now is like so fine. If somebody was like, I can't go to dinner real sad, I'd be like, I love you. Do you need anything from me? If they say nope, then I'd be like, cool, have a good yeah. one. Totally. But like, if if I know that you're sad and you're not saying like, oh, I can't go out, I'm sad, then like, that's an insult too. Because it's like, we have this shared information. We have this shared relationship that like, we supposedly trust each other. And if A, you're not going to show up and B, you're not going to like, tell me something that I already know, that it's just like, it's it's like yeah. also it's also a little bit of gaslighting maybe right because it's a like bit, maybe. it's that thing where you're dating somebody and you're like oh are you okay and they're like yeah yeah I'm fine and you're like no I can tell there's something going on nothing's going on it's totally fine don't do that right. <laughs> either oh, one right. of those things don't make me ask you is it me like yeah yeah did I do something if it's not me did I break it yeah oh. and I I don't know I also have a I have another friend who recently like. And these people are like, when we talk about like chosen family, these people are like in the periphery. They're not really in my family so much yeah. as they're just like people I think are cool who could be family if they were more consistent, possibly, but they're not. Right. 
so this person had like dropped off the face of the map. I hadn't seen them since like a couple of months ago, maybe longer. And then out of nowhere messaged me and was like, I miss you. Let's hang out. And I'm like, dude, you stopped responding to me. So I missed you is sort of a stupid thing to say. Um, <laughs> but cause obviously you didn't. So that's, all fine and dandy and like we made some plans to spend time together and then like a day before they texted me you know i can't make it out <laughs> i'm kind of out of bail let's reschedule and i'm like look if you reach out to to someone that you haven't talked to in a long time like the first thing you should say is like hey sorry i disappeared right. um i'd love to hang out again here's when i can hang out and then show the fuck up because if you from a long absence come back into my life and like want to spend time with me like, I would love to do that. But if you remind me why we stopped hanging out in the first place immediately, like, that's not a good start, yes. right? There's, I have started, like, making, doing a test, basically, for people who do that, which is, <laughs> like, they need to do some heavy lifting in order to get a friend date with me. Like, yeah. if, if. If you, if we haven't talked in six months or a year and you pop in, especially if it's like within 30 minutes of me tweeting something, uh-huh. then, and you want to like get together, like you're picking a time that's convenient for me. You're picking a location that's convenient for me. Um, <laughs> and like, you're putting some effort into setting this up so that like, this isn't going to be free for you. I want to see yeah. that you're actually in this because otherwise I'm wasting my time this is again not family people this is yeah no and I I agree with you though right there's that whole thing of just like how much of this is a salve for your conscience and how much of this is you wanting to hang out with me because if you feel bad that we haven't hung out and that's why you want to hang out with me I don't care because I don't feel bad we haven't hung out but if you like legitimately want to hang out with me that's great let's do that like let's be friends and hang out but like I don't need a pity friend and like In the same way that I don't want to spend time with people who, you don't need the work. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what it comes down to a lot of times is like, we choose our families and we build up people around us who are dependable, who like share in a reciprocity of like love and, and work. And like, sometimes we pick each other, we pick up them or pick them up and they, sometimes they pick us up. Um, And if it doesn't feel like that consistently for months or years then it's time to do something else because like right I have so much more energy and I bet you do too when we don't have people in our lives who are constantly asking for more than they're giving back yeah totally yeah no more guilt friendships no more like terrible uh bio families (laughs) exactly take care of your chosen family yeah and go outside and like Get some sun if it's sunny where you are, because it's the season it's to like. I am. It's the season it's nice. to spring clean your relationships and also to get a sunburn awkwardly when you're sitting in a hammock in Oakland. <laughs> I think. Yay! Totally. Well, I'm glad we talked about this. Obviously, we're pretty passionate about it. Obviously. <laughs> There's a lot of like bitterness about friendships. <laughs> also, I'm I meant to ask, and like this is we can close out after this, but. Did yeah. we get any wild feedback about our last episode um, where we talked about some controversial topics? 
none nobody nobody criticized either of us for being you know formula raised or for eating animal products or not eating animal products um for drinking or not drinking but also nobody gave us any like cocktail ideas which i'm horribly well we still want to hear your cocktail ideas i'm also really glad that nobody yelled us yelled at us for being um into vaccines uh (laughs) Or into fluoride. We anyway. Should, we should start pushing people's buttons maybe just a little bit more, Brooke. <laughs> I mean, maybe we will this time. I bet this time there maybe there's people who listen to it who are just like, is this a, a subtweet, right? Are you like, maybe. are you are you talking about me? Am I the bad friend? Right. And I just want to tell you. if you're, if you're out you're, there, like, <laughs> why did you friend break up with me? Jerk. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you're wondering, am I the friend? Um, just ask yourself, how have I treated Brooke and Carrie recently? And if you haven't treated us very well, like shame on you, treat us better. We love you and we want the best for you. Yes. Uh, you can't see in the video, but Carrie's Carrie's dying. Um, well, thanks again for listening. This has been, I guess we're grownups now and I've been Brooke. And I've been Carrie. And Carrie's dead. Um, have a great spring and we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. See ya.